what, how are we introducing ourselves just as Nick and Josh? Should we talk about who we are? No, I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the first ever edition of Trash Rules Everything Around Me. Dream! Get the money, dollar dollar bill, y'all. Yo! Uh, This is a podcast with uh, me, Nick. And me, Josh. Uh, And we're going to be talking about uh, TV that most people think is trash. Um, Generally, how it will work is I tend to bathe myself in trash. I love all sorts of reality TV, all sorts of TV that people generally turn their nose up at you and Josh pretends he doesn't like it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's definitely my go-to attitude to these sort of things. I pretend I don't like them, but really I love them. I think generally, like, I mean, mean, me and Josh used to to have a, you know, history of our lives. We used to have a radio show on student radio. And I think when I listen back to it, we were, I mean, as well as just being terrible people, we were very pretentious uh, and try to talk about worthy things. And Ayn Rand and then... quotes. That was a good good time in my life. <laughs> yeah, Josh was awful. And then I think, you know, life kind of takes over and when you get a full-time job and you just realise that watching TV that can wash over you every evening is, is really, really lovely. Oh, it's bliss. I binged... Do you know what I did? A couple of years ago, I just had a breakup and what I thought is, oh, what's going to happen now? Love is gone. Maybe I'll never come back. What shall mm. I do with my time? You know, it used to be spent with my girlfriend. What am I going to do now? So I watched through the entirety of How I Met Your Mother. And I could not tell you a single mm. thing that happened in any one of those episodes. Maybe there was a blue horn at some point. Mm. But apart from that, nothing. I've never, never really got into How I Met Your Mother. I just... Oh, it's so soothing. It's such a nothing show. <laughs> so yeah. like, nothing happens. But there's no messy bitches who live for drama. Mm, which is exactly what you need in a TV show. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Love Island will be a show <laughs> packed to the brims with oh, shit. bitches who live for drama. I mean, Fuck. it's it's a show constructed by very, very smart people uh, that just involves nonstop drama, um, gossip, <laughs> uh, and, you know, necking on. And sometimes even some night vision shagging, which is what we're all here for, really. <laughs> So um, we're going to start with Love Island. Um, so I'll give a very brief um, intro. Yeah, what's Love Island? Thanks, Josh. Thanks for asking. So Love Island is a TV show uh, on ITV. It started in 2005 as Celebrity Love Island, which was a very generous term, seeing as <laughs> almost <laughs> everyone on, on that show. Uh, oh, God, the first series. I don't even know. Um, it was presented by Patrick Kilty and Kelly Brook, uh, and then Kelly Brook kind of revealed that she had a little charisma so Fern Cotton took over <laughs> in the second series where they dropped the term Celebrity Love Island and just called it Love Island uh, because the celebrities on it were so bad uh, the first series was won by Jane Middlemiss and Fran Cosgrave who are they? Uh, oh god Jane Middlemiss she used to be on like CD UK and stuff didn't she? Top of the Pops yes I don't even know who Fran Cos- Cosgrave is apparently I- according to Wikipedia nightclub manager and former Westlife bodyguard <laughs> 
I mean, is that a celebrity? <laughs> One of them's an Atomic Kitten singer. Who? What? Who was on the show? Yeah, Liz McLaren. Hmm. I don't know which one that is. Yeah, and I mean, basically, the, the early Love Islands, <laughs> they were in Fiji for a start, which was a lot better than Mallorca. But the, the kind of the, the concept was that you would vote for the couple you wanted to see in, in the Love Shack, um, where the two would get to know each other better, which essentially was just uh... kind of a, you know, a shed. Um, and so it's like the shag shed in Geordie Shore. Yes. Um, oh god, what's the name of it? Oh my god, the shag pad. Shag pad. Yes, not the shag shack. But shag. yeah, um, shag shack would be better though. Um, but yeah, and, and nothing ever happened really. Um, it was pretty dull. Nothing, and it kind of got cancelled after two seasons with pretty bad ratings. The only kind of real interesting thing was um, Paul Danan, who was a former Hollyoaks actor, uh, and he kind of basically were had a breakdown on the first series and then they brought him back for the second series and it's absolutely amazing you have to catch one of the old charlie booker screenwriter episodes where they kind of detail his his return and the, the way that the presenters talk about it is is like it's literally as if a sex offender is being sent in they're like <laughs> danan's back he's randy who are his next victims 2006 was a wild time for mental health <laughs> like i mean yeah, he has I a mean, breakdown. They're like, "Oh, stay away from him. He's gonna, well, I don't know, sexually assault you at a, at a, as a basic." That's yeah. number one. But then you know, and and on the screen wipe thing, it's so funny. There's some clips of it where he's you know showing a lot of the women who are like, "Oh, if he gets drunk and aggressive, keep him away from me. I'm genuinely terrified." And he's like, "Ha ha, they're terrified." <laughs> Oh, it's um, yeah a dark time a dark time um so after that was cancelled everyone assumed that love island would be dead forever um and then they rebooted it in 2015 um and the series that's starting uh on monday the fourth is the fourth series um the first series was largely feel free to argue on twitter with me afterwards but nothing happened in the first season no one really watched it it was you know, only really known for the um, the voiceover artist Ian Sterling, um, for him being very funny and making it actually kind of watchable. But generally, nothing really happened. The second series is where it all kicked off. There were some great characters on that show, a lot of great arguments. Miss UK was in there, and then she got it stripped because she gave oh. someone a blowjob live on TV, um, which was one of the funniest moments uh, in reality TV history, I'd say. I remember that. But apparently, so I was talking to my girlfriend about this earlier because she. She loves Love Island. Mm. She double Love Island. And um she said that apparently the board of Miss England, Miss Great Britain or whatever, had said it was perfectly okay for her to go on Love Island. Yeah, oh yeah, she was allowed to go. But yeah. didn't think it was okay that she gave a quick blowy under the covers or whatever. But like, what did they expect? I did mean, they not know what... the show? <laughs> it's true, but you know, so that not everyone has sex on the show. I mean, most of them do. And most of them, you know, and that's that's one of the, you know, when you get to know these people, now you're watching the YouTube videos of them all kind of explaining themselves, you know that probably within the next four weeks, you'll have seen most of them have sex on camera. Brilliant. Um, which, you know... There's there's no other show that can claim that, that you'll see them right, the, apart from Game of Thrones, but no other show that you'll see the characters and think, I'm going to see your cum face. <laughs> Geordie <laughs> Shaw generally you, you, you're probably well although they do it under the covers on Geordie Shaw you just kind of see hips gyrating and, and feet th- they always they always zoom in on the feet which I always find a bit weird feet are the, the most feet poking out 
<laughs> the erogenous zone. Quentin Tarantino's having a fucking asphyxia wank every time he watches Geordie Shaw. <laughs> it's just a foot poking out of the covers, and they just focus on that as if that's meant to titillate you. I don't know. Very strange. So yeah, basically, the second series is where it all kicked off um, and where it became a national, you know, sensation, I guess. Um, I I watched it during the second series. There were some great characters. I knew I knew it would hit the big time when just before the third series last year, uh, as I was walking to work through Waterloo, they were literally had kind of scantily clad people throwing beach balls around. And I was like... You're hitting the target market here in London Waterloo, definitely. <laughs> I know, you can uh, tell when something's got money behind it because the PRs run out of ideas and think, let's just put something in a train station. Yeah, oh, always. It's go. always the first thing you go for. It's like, well, loads <laughs> of people see it. It's like, do lots of 40-year-old commuters in Surrey watch Love Island? <laughs> Perfect um, marketing. It'll look great on page seven of the Evening Standard. And then last year is where it really went stratospheric, mainly due to there being some incredible characters. Um, one of the eventual winners, Kem um, and Chris, who were this kind of incredible bromance team. Kem, a kind of cheeky Turkish barber. Uh, Chris, a slightly strange West Country lad. Um, they kind of invented their own language. Um, they were just hilarious on TV um, and just a really good kind of couple there were loads of good people on there um Kem had a kind of long relationship with Amber who um ended up winning with him Chris got with Olivia who's kind of a bizarre boohoo Barbie insane woman of bizarre proportions um you can probably edit that out (laughs) that's very unwoke isn't it um I mean this is the least woke show on tv isn't it surely apart from Roseanne but that's gone now yeah I think in terms of it's an interesting. It's a bit like Towie, um, which I, I hope that we'll get to at some point uh, oh, yeah. on this show because Towie is my favourite. But it's kind of one of these things where when you spend so much time with people who just couldn't care less about wokeness, do not care, they don't educate themselves with politics, and you know that's fine. That's it's not relevant in their lives, I guess. But you know, so things will happen that are very unwoke. But do you do you judge them on that? Josh? Not, I mean, well, <laughs> I don't know. Is that a question? Is, yeah, I mean, is that a question? I suppose. Uh, <laughs> what? So basically, you're saying if someone is so unaware of anything socio-politically that could possibly lead to wokeness, then are they really accountable for their actions if they act outside of wokeness? Is that what you're saying? Kind of. I mean, I think it's <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is a dodgy road, isn't it? Um, yeah. Basically, I don't watch the show to complain about their views. And generally, you you don't hear their views. The, the show is about humping. There's not really <laughs> too many discussions. I mean, last year, Camilla, who was um, a fan favourite, uh, who came third, I think, in the end, who is a very posh landmine uh, diffuser, um, she got into a great argument with um, Johnny, who was a very thick son of a rich person. Uh, and... <laughs> She basically said, you know, I'm a feminist. And he went, well, do you actually believe in feminism? And she said, do you believe in equality? And he said, feminism isn't equality, is it, though? So, you know, that was kind of the only political discussion in Love Island's history, I think. Um, <laughs> that was it. Which ended up 15 in, seconds. in her hating him. And then later on, she cried as a result of that interaction. That's what which... you want, isn't it? You want tears brought about by inequality based, what? On, based Com- on gender. 
Camilla cried constantly in that series um, because she was very unlucky in love um, and also just continually... She was too nice for the show, essentially, and just continually got mugged off um, by various lads. Um, she got mugged? She got mugged. Josh, this is the time for our first uh, bit of Love Island dictionary work, isn't it? Yeah, because... Right. So I've heard... I see... So it was interesting what you're saying about Love Island not really being a thing three years ago in season one. And now, mm. every time it's on, I see that it's number one trending. Number one trending topic every night. Mm. Every night it's on. And people keep using words like mugged, mug, muggy, mugged off. Uh, there's others, but that's the only one I can remember because you Mug, muggy you and mugged said off. It. Yes, I mean... <laughs> yeah. Essentially, the, the phrase being mugged off. I mean, it, it's been a, it's been around a long time. It kind of became very famous through Towie, I would say. Um, mm. The the origin of it probably is from Essex. Um, generally, it's kind of to be deceived or disrespected. So you know, mm. I've been mugged off by someone. It's the high watermark of of muggy is is muggy Mike last year. Uh, so Mike Thalassatitis, who was a kind of a literal Adonis sent into the the villa. I mean, dead behind the eyes, but I mean, that man is literally, if you were designing a character and you wanted him to be good looking, Disney prince, everything else, he's, <laughs> he's great to look they at. They just went all in. Thick as anything, but, but very good to look at. And they sent him in and he instantly um, picked Olivia under Chris's nose. Um, and Chris being very angry um, at him taking his woman, um, called him muggy mike and then that kind of stuck forever so to be nice. muggy is to be a you know a bad person essentially or to deceive or disrespect others i guess in that in that terminology um, to violate the bro code of the love island fuck house exactly and i guess yeah, that what that leads on to really is is the the system of coupling up which i did just say coupled up and i assume you probably don't know what i'm talking about uh i know that to win the show you have to couple up I know that. Yeah, so so the, basically the, the core tenet of the show is that it can be once a week, it can be whatever. You have a, a coupling or a recoupling where you couple up with someone. So basically the person that you fancy the most or if you're a game player, the person who you think is going to win or whatever. And basically when you're coupled up, you have to share a bed with each other every night. Um, Brilliant. <laughs> and you kind of, you know, all the little games and tasks and stuff, you are together as a, as a couple. Um, and then they make it more difficult by basically having an a, you know an, an odd number of people so when everyone else is coupled up there's always one person who then has to leave because they're not coupled up it me throughout entirety of sick form you always the odd one out Ugh. uh me at university to be honest um <laughs> just both of us both of us at uni yeah and basically yeah so the, the way to win is to is to be a strong couple it's to couple up well um you know sometimes people do it with tactical reasons, which is always exciting. Um, but in general, the the kind of the, the three most recent winners were all people who had kind of been together as a couple from the start um, and had, you know, had their highs and lows. Sometimes they'll couple with someone else um, because basically they the producers evilly just send in people constantly. Oh, that sounds amazing. To disrupt the harmony. So basically, Love Island is a show. It's on every single night for an hour. Um, it's... Ian Every Sterling. night, yeah. Well, I think oh. it's Monday to Saturday or Monday to Friday, and then they take the Lord's Day off. <laughs> well, absolutely, because obviously in the villa <laughs> on the Sunday they're all you know praying, praying, 
I mean, t- technically, you could argue that they do actually respect the Shabbos because they don't do anything in the villa. And this is one of, you know, it's always been a criticism of, of shows like Big Brother is that why would I want to watch people lying around all day? They literally do nothing on Love Island other than the <laughs> occasional task. They, because it's so hot, I think they're, you know, at the point of exhaustion. They just right. lie in the pool or the smoking area is always probably the, the most, where most of the stuff happens. Um, so they just smoke constantly lie in the pool uh, or stand in the kitchen that's kind of it really other than humping it's it's just chatting which you know again excellent tv to unwind to yeah sounds good i'm really excited about how long does it go on for uh oh god like eight, two eight months to ten weeks jesus yeah. i'm really excited for two two and a half months of watching people do nothing and fucking it's like being a child again <laughs> It's kind of, you know, it is... The th- <laughs> Hello, Josh here. Um, so I've been editing this podcast and I've realised that I need to split it, split the first episode into two parts. So um, we don't actually have an ending to this first oral history episode. Uh, so I'd just like to say thanks for listening. Uh, the next episode will be all about the contestants that have been revealed for the next series uh, and there's a lot of good quality jokes and and general chat in that episode um don't forget to like and subscribe or whatever you do on itunes or the or the podcast manufacturer of your choice uh, you can find us on twitter at TreamPod. that's t-r-e-a-m-p-o-d Uh, yeah see you on the next one